So you have to grow with your growth. So what I was doing at 500 followers isn't what I was doing at 10,000 followers, isn't what I'm doing at 100,000, isn't what I'm going to be doing at 1 million followers. You're listening to the Branding Gems podcast, a podcast that is not just interviews and conversations, it's to bring you guys the best of the best women in branding and business to answer this question. What are your top three valuable tips and lessons that you learned along the way? And then we discuss it. To feel your passion-filled lifestyle business, I promise to bring you the best of the best women in branding and business. And together, we can grow and learn from the extracted advice that they provide. I'm Peggy Bree, and let's get growing. Hey guys, before we get started, I just wanted to mention an awesome podcast to add to your library. This podcast is hosted by Debbie, who is someone I admire in this online space, and I know you'll get so much insight and tips from her podcast, as well as from her, because she's amazing. And her podcast is called The Offbeat Life, where you can get tips on how to make online work more sustainable, and Debbie interviews travelers who left their 9 to 5 to become remote entrepreneurs. You can check out the podcast at theoffbeatlife.com and tune into her weekly episodes. And yeah, check her out. She's awesome. And the guest today is awesome. I can't wait to share her and her top three tips on branding and business. So without further ado, stay tuned for this week's guest. Hey guys, thanks for tuning back to Branding Gems. I'm really, really excited to introduce the next guest today and to share her top three best advice to help you guys. Today we have Dr. Kiona, and Dr. Kiona is an academic author and the founder of How Not to Travel Like a Basic Bitch, which was launched in 2016 as a platform to deliver education through travel in a digestible and accessible way. Dr. Kiona also hosts a spinoff research-based podcast called How Not to Travel, which has hit number one in 13 different countries and offline educational lessons in Cuba. Welcome to this podcast, Kiona. Thank you so much for having me, Peggy. Yeah, no, this is so cool. Like we've been talking online for so long and then now we're actually conversing. So I'm really excited. I know. Next step, we have to meet in person. No, that would definitely happen. That that would be so that would be very interesting. Uh, So Kiona is also one of the author contributors for our book, Branding Quickies, which is written by 20 amazing women from around the world to share their stories, tips, advice to help out entrepreneurs looking for some refresher and insight in their business journey at whatever stage they're in. And Kiona's section, wow, it was it was just so good and very true to the point. She really breaks down the progress of how one can build their brand in a really real way. Yay. So let's dive right into the meat and potatoes. What are your top three valuable tips and advice that you have on branding and business? And let's start with the first one. Well, um, my first one is stay authentic. And I think that you can tell that immediately by my Instagram name. Um, My 
brand name is How Not to Travel Like a Basic Bitch, and it actually started off as a joke. But um, the thing that it it embodies is like one my age, right? Like the term basic bitch is very millennial. It's very um, targeting also an audience that is similar to me using like colloquial language such as this. Also, the directness of it is also very me straight to the point to my personality. Um, And also that means it's going to attract people who are not going to be offended by this name, people who think it's funny, people who know what this word means, like all of these things. Um, I actually found that branding it that way and sticking with that brand instead of rebranding has had like immense um, advantages for me uh, because it does uh, attract the audience that I want. Um, But I would say for other people, I think uh, that's not authentic to you, right? Like that is just something that's authentic to me is like branding myself in a way that is authentic to my personality, the language I use, how I'm going to be delivering information and the satire and sarcasm that comes along with like my brand. I would suggest for other people to be authentic to themselves. Like I find so many times people try to fit what they think that their client wants And for me, I think it's the opposite. If you're going to have a business, you need to decide who you are and what is the message that you are trying to give or the products that you're the gap that you're trying to fill with your product. And then your client will fit you. You don't have to fit clients. Mm -hmm. No, it's so true. You have to really be bold with your statement and what you stand for. And that will only be to your own benefit because it will really attract the people who are about that and aligns with it and are so um, and so involved with what you do and your statement with this. I love that. Um, How would you say in terms of being consistent with being authentic because sometimes it would I'm sure for one would it would be hard for one to stay authentic if they're always so swayed with how other people think of them and how their brand should be how does so how does one just remain authentic in in their brand I think it's a constant reflection I mean we are not stagnant human beings by any means so you know, what I was publishing five years ago or the products I was selling five years ago is not the same that I'm doing today. It's a constant change, reevaluation, what's authentic to me and like um, pivoting as I go. Um, but I think that people can easily get caught up in what's popular or what takes or stuff like that, which I also have gotten caught up in. But what I've realized is that when you start feeding the masses, what they want, you start to move away from what you want. And not all growth is good growth. Um, So that's what I've learned along the way is staying authentic, constantly reevaluating and staying true to self regardless of clients, because the client base will form to you, not the other way around. But this kind of goes to my second point in branding, branding and that not all growth is good growth. And a lot of times slow growth is loyal growth. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Like building that loyal community and customer for the brand takes time, and like the desire on growing it fast in this fast pace of a world doesn't really make sense because it just comes and goes. But in having that community that stays with you and are loyal to building that brand's message or loyal to uplifting that brand's message with you is pretty awesome. So 
I love that. I love slow growth. Yes. I, um, you know, I think that, like you said, people really are like, oh, this, this brand or this product is like amazing. Like why don't more people know about it? I want to get it in front of all these people's eyes. All of that is valid. Cause I mean, if you can't sell something, if you can't make money off of it, then like, you know, your brand is only as good as it's selling. But with that said, um, I have found that slow growth has been so loyal. I've gotten, you know, way more return customers, which like ends up being, you know, more money or more profitable rather than just trying to like sell anything. Um, You know, even with brand partnerships, like I partner with like one or two brands, but both of those brands return back and we do partnerships, you know, every couple months. Whereas like if I was to be doing any brand partnership, like let's say I'm branding with like McDonald's and Google, but at the same time, like preaching, you know, nutritious foods or something like that, for example, like it just doesn't make sense. So Mm -hmm. instead, like staying authentic and growing slowly um, and only like taking partnerships or taking clients or taking products that you actually build community with and are in your same I guess like the same Mm -hmm. things that you stand for, it might be slower, but it's loyal. And in the long run, I personally feel like you make more money that way instead of, or, and I want to say you make more good money because not all money is good money Mm -hmm. also. So Mm -hmm. um, for me, like the slow growth where you're able to like build community, build relationships, you know, get to know your clients, get to know your product, get to know your people, have like a constant free flowing feedback mechanism of like improvement and what can you do to help your client and all those things um, results in a loyal, loyal following so that like when things go down, they're still there rather than like people who grow so fast, they one like haven't had time to adjust their like supply chains or like who they're hiring or their ethics and morals um, in business. And they also are just, it's not a loyal following. It might be like there for a moment, mm-hmm. but it's not a long-term gain. Mm-hmm, exactly. So I, yeah. So I, I always promote, like I will take slow growth over like slow, loyal growth over like fast, frivolous uh, growth any day. Mm-hmm. I love that. So how would you say in terms of the growth or the people, how do you maintain that relationship to be strong? Um, for me, I do a lot of dialogue. So Whenever a client writes me or whenever a um, I get a DM or a comment, I always respond. And I might get a thousand in a day, two thousand in a day. I will like literally that to me is a work day. So I will spend the entire time just responding. Whether or not this is a client or not, um, they could be a future client. They could be contributing later on the future. So everything is an investment and it's an investment in dialogue and community and generally getting to know that person. Um, and seeing and, and validating them or, you know, just like repeating back and empathizing with them and things like that. So um, and then like when a client does end up buying a product, always like being appreciative. Like I send so many thank you notes. I like um, send so many emails. I said so many things that are not online. I do them all offline. And just like to reiterate um, that they are part of my community. This wasn't just a one time buy situation. This is like a continual relationship that we're like participating in a mutual exchange of energy. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it 
that really ties into your first first point of being authentic with your connections, and and that in itself will really help you meet the right people and the in the right in the good people that is for you and for your brand. And that's so important to really be authentic in that way in the growth and in your community and in your people and and your, the whole the entire empire that you're building. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So besides staying authentic and the importance of sticking to a good growth, what is your most valuable and final tip? I don't know if it's the most valuable, but um, this is uh, something I've recently learned. Um, So you have to grow with your growth. So what I was doing at 500 followers isn't what I was doing at 10,000 followers, isn't what I'm doing at 100,000, isn't what I'm going to be doing at 1 million followers. Um, What I was doing with one product isn't what I'm doing with two products, not what I'm doing with, you know, other products or same with brand partnerships. So I think so often we like find success in um, specific ways. And that works for the moment. But if you're trying to scale, those things may not work and you might have to say goodbye to those things and completely revamp how you're thinking. Um, and I think that that is, um, it's been an issue for me, just like stepping into the unknown. Like for example, just this year, I hired an assistant, like something that I never imagined me doing because I'm like, oh, I can do it all. But really I can't scale if I don't have help. Um, and so it's been, I've been able to do so much more with just one person, like being able to help me out. And so what, like I had to tell myself, like, Hey, you're not, if you want to be able to keep up with what you're doing, like you're going to have to change your systems and the way that you think and the way that you operate. So, um, and that's just constant. And so for me, it's been a learning lesson of like what I was doing before isn't what I, I'm doing now. I have to like change my systems in order to grow and to manage my growth. Um, another thing is like, you know, I used to show my family a lot or get like people very involved in like my love life and all those things, like all those things I don't do anymore when there's so many eyes on you that I just, you know, have adjusted for my own personal like safety and mental health. So what worked for me when I had a smaller community is definitely not works, not what works for me with a larger community. So just like adjusting mm-hmm. as you go along and being able to let go of certain ideas and being embracing new ones because you cannot grow without changing constantly. Mm-hmm. That makes so much sense. So like, what are the sort of things that need to be adjusted during moments of growth? For me, me and my sample size of one, it's just understanding that I can't do it all. So I can't do it all and it's impossible and that leads to burnout. Um, And in order for me to expand and grow and make more money and reach more people and start more projects, I need help and I have to be willing to accept that help and also like invest in it as in like pay somebody to do it. Um, I had like lots of interns along the way who just wanted to like learn things along the way um, in exchange for free, uh, I guess, labor, um, which maybe might be helpful at some point. It was helpful at some point in my business model. But now like I need someone to be on all the time and care about my business as much as I care about my business. And in order to do that, you need to pay people. So it, you know, for me, I was like, I need help and I need to pay my help. And so uh, 
I mean, that's just for me. It's going to look different for every other person. And then, you know, when I grow again, I'm going to have to come to that decision again. Like, okay, maybe I need to hire a full-time accountant. Maybe I need to hire another, you know, some a manager, like who knows? So, or like maybe I'm going to have to pivot from like Instagram and start selling on TikTok and YouTube. Like all of those things are all questions that run through my head as I like try to adapt and change. And as I grow, just recognizing things that I need to let go, even if it's my favorite platform and moving to a different one. Um, to hiring a new person, like all of those things are all um, changes that I'm making so that I'm not doing what I've always done if I'm trying to get somewhere bigger. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like if you're only doing the same thing over and over again, like there needs some sort of change so that there could be a growth and some sort of adjustment so that that growth can happen so that's so interesting and like it's like you can only plan so much ahead but sometimes those adjustments come along the way too and actually like in that case of like hiring an assistant and hiring other people so you could focus on other areas to grow like do you have any tips on finding an assistant or like how has that contributed to the growth so far? And like, were there any challenges? Like, what is it? Like, how's it been like? Yeah, I mean, for me, I had two virtual assistants that were like helping out in the beginning. And um, they were great. Uh, but they were only able to do one section. So it's like, okay, they're just working on my Pinterest or they're just working on um, media kits and reaching out to brands. But it wasn't like a holistic understanding of my brand. What I needed was somebody who was going to be able to uh, think ahead. Um, I'm not always have to tell them what to do. They kind of inherently know what to do. They like uh, have a good grasp, my brand, so that all the graphics that they're creating and all the wording and all of that stuff is already pretty much done. I only have to do minor edits and basically just somebody I don't have to micromanage. Like I can send, um, you know, instructions and they know what to do and I don't have to continue training them or walking them through it. So um, and I actually found that in uh, somebody that I had known for a really long time and I had always thought that he was like, oh, he's intelligent on his own. And then when COVID-19 hit and the pandemic and everybody lost their jobs, it was just the perfect time to bring him on. And um, being able to have an assistant just gives me so much free time to do things that only I can do. So anybody can make a graphic, anybody can uh, answer, you know, emails and like schedule a calendar appointment, all of those things. Um, set up a conference, set up my Zoom conferencing, my webinars, all of those things. It's like something that I can outsource. I don't need to be the person to do it. But what like the things that I do need to do is like reach out, you know, and make contacts within my community, consistently have relationships with people, um, come come up with like business plans and discuss with other business owners, like how we can collaborate to like make a, a profitable business model, and then institute those projects, all those require me only, like I cannot send an assistant to do that. So I've been able to have more time to travel, create projects, create systems, create new business lines, because I'm not at home, like, answering emails and like, Mm -hmm. you know, scheduling meetings and, um, (laughs) 
making graphics for Instagram. Like all of that stuff is already done. And I just am able to one, take more naps and two, um, be able to travel and make more connections and, and have more business growth this way. Awesome. No, it's so good to really lift that off of someone and, and have someone really do that for you and, and having time to rest and not feel so guilty of, of giving it to somebody and, and giving yourself time to do that. So that's so important. So it is. And so with this, yeah, with this whole COVID and pandemic, how how have you been? Like, how have you been addressing it? And what are the biggest, I think the major, uh, uh, the major lesson that you learned from all of this? Uh, it's been hard. Uh, I think it's been hard for everybody. So I don't want to th- say that it's like just a me exclusive thing. I think COVID has been hard on everyone except for Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Um, but it's been hard because the business models that I've created are so community based so that like when one community is down, like we all are down. Um, and since so many things have dropped, it's been a struggle to support everybody in the ways that they need to be supported while also losing so many streams of income, so many business models, especially being in travel, um, being cut off during COVID-19, having to pivot, having to like manage my own like stress and emotional anxiety um, while trying to pay people and make sure that like the business models that are getting cut off right now don't just die completely and that we're going to be able to revive them. So all of those things um, have been happening to me over the pandemic. Um, But I think I learned that, and especially I think for business owners, when you spend so much time building a business, it's like a literal part of your identity and a part of yourself. So when it goes, your identity also kind of goes. And so it's been a lot of like giving myself permission to be um, to be sad <laughs> and to just spend days in bed sometimes just overwhelmed and also giving me myself permission to self-care. Mm-hmm. So going on vacations or be- meeting with friends or just going fishing, like something that I would never do um, and just giving myself time to rest because I'm like, okay, when you can't work anymore, because I've like tried all these avenues, maybe it's just time to rest. And when you're an entrepreneur, like you, your business only goes as much hard work Mm -hmm. as you're putting into it in the beginning. So it's been, um, it's been tough to like give myself permission to just do nothing. But uh, it's been something that I've been having Mm -hmm. to do just because I was, I was going in circles, like a hamster on a wheel, just like trying to like figure out like, how are we going to work this out? And then, you know, at one point I was just like, I'm just going to stop. I'm just not going to, I'm going to get off the wheel. Mm -hmm. No, it's so true. Yeah, no. Like when the world is a mess, sometimes it's so hard to just, it's so easy. I mean, to just fall into that and then wanting to just fix it right away and to rebuild it right away. But it really does take time to rebuild something. And and it's a good thing to have that time to really rethink about what you want to do from now until then and to really rebuild that foundation and and to have moments of reflection on that. So it's 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 also important to do that too. And and it's such a great time to do that as well. So I yeah and, and yeah and it's totally okay to rest and it makes sense for people to rest of course. 
Yeah, it's hard though. <laughs> For me, resting is really difficult. Mm-hmm. Is it because like you're always thinking of like what the next thing to do is and your mind is just always thinking about yes. that? It's always like, okay, what are new ways? What can we do? You know, I'm always like project oriented, trying to like build bridges between communities and being active on social media and creating content and all these things. And it's, and I love working. Like I really love working. I love traveling. I love creating. I love connecting. I love all of those things. Um, I love making money. Uh, but during COVID, it's like all those things, um, just aren't at the same pace that mm-hmm. I'm used to and would like to participate in. Mm-hmm. Um, so. No, I think like, yeah, it definitely is a hard moment, but it's it's so good in itself as well. Like you're really, you're, you're allowed, you're now you can finally rest. And, and not only that, but you can be really present and, and, and happy with where you are now. And instead of thinking about, all the next things or what's next, what's next. Like this really is such a good moment to think about what, what's, what you have now and what, what's so good about now and to really be so happy with what you have now and what you've built already to date and just to really reflect on it. It's such a good time for that. Yeah, I agree. It's been a lot of reflection. Um, and like also thinking about like what is like a sustainable business model to me and and thinking about, you know, pivoting and not being mm-hmm. so reliant on certain industries and all mm-hmm. of those things. So it was yeah. good. It's good. That's good. So, uh, no, it's so good to hear. And and thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. <laughs> thank you for asking me. <laughs> so what is coming up in Dr. Kiona's world and anything that's coming up that you want to share, go for it. Yeah, so I'll be uh, in Cuba for Christmas. I am shooting a documentary on Chinese Cubans. So film is something that I'm kind of moving into, which, um, you know, during the pandemic, we haven't been able to travel, but we're able to watch things on our phone all day long. So um, in order to get in front of people's eyes, um, film has kind of been something that I'm transitioning into off of Instagram and into like a different type of medium. So um, I'll be finishing shooting my documentary in January. Um, And I also will be testing um, the travel process so that our educational trips can start back up in February. Um, Because now, you know, measures have been put in place. The vaccine is out. We're like trying to get back in business because everybody has been out of work for a year. And we are running out of money <laughs> to support our community. So we need to get back um, into the groove of work. So that is what I'm doing then. And then um, I'm out also starting a, trying to start a long-term product line um, where I have been so anti-merch for so long because I feel like I don't want to add more products into the system. Um. But uh, recently just launching a product with a local boutique company in Austin where um, we're producing clay mugs that you can actually return back to the earth. And it is a limited time offer. So it helps an entire community of indigenous uh, artists in Oaxaca. And it also helps the entire supply chain of warehouse workers and immigrants living in the United States. and also a very small boutique company. And then I also get a commission. So it's such a great supply 
a chain that I want to make it more permanent and sustainable, but always changing products. So I am in the process of designing the second product. Um, so, and I'm trying to make it all able to turn back to the earth when it's time um, and, and be composable so that like, we're not just constantly creating more things without a way for it to like go <laughs> when we're done. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I love that it's not contributing to more stuff and there's just so much meaning and sustainability behind it. And it's just so, it's just so good. I love that. Thanks. <laughs> so where can people find you? On Instagram, they can find me at how not to travel like a basic bitch.com. Uh, my podcast is how not to travel podcast. Um, if you'd like to read my book on turning um, property into profit, it is called Tales of Horror and Hospitality, Tales of Horror and Happiness and Hospitality, and it is available on Amazon. You can pick up the branding book that I did with Peggy, also on Amazon, um, and then my website is HowNotToTravelLikeABasicBitch.com. Yeah, it sounds so good. Thank you so much for coming on as a guest. Thank you, Peggy. Yes, and you're signed off. Bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening and for just being here right now. Like, I really appreciate that and that you're sticking to the end. Like, what? Um, but yeah, if you if you got anything from this, just screenshot it and share it on your Instagram. Tag me. Even tag the guest because she's awesome. And thank you again for being here and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.